Just no, I reckon the best haircut was that Katoni Stage look. That's you need to get back. No. To that. You need to get back to that look. <laughs> 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 Am I keeping that in? No, please, please, please. That just Bro, came. You better remind me because <laughs> I might forget. <laughs> that just rolled off the tongue. tongue <laughs> you away, said easy. that, and I was like, "Fuck, man." <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. This is number thirty. We're fucking moving along, getting back. Storming ahead. It's good, man. We're um coming a long way. Consistent, baby. Very consistent. Yep. Uh so today we got a special guest. Today we have the powerhouse himself with a delicious mix of sharp of the sharpest of haircuts, textbook, deadlifts, deadlift form, yep. and the hottest of coffee snobs from Melbourne, Mr. Ben Marker. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I sat on that for 15 minutes and made that intro, by the way. I'm, I'm very impressed. You're so welcome. <laughs> how are you? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, good, good. How about yourself? How are you? I'm good, bro. Yeah. I'm good. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Feeling Ready to rumble. We just had a little pre-conversation. I was a little just like, shit, this bit should be on the podcast. So Just hit yeah. record and off we go. Get it going. No, I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. This is going to be a sick podcast. I'm excited. Have you done one? Have you done a podcast before? Yeah. Oh, you have? Oh, you don't? Oh, veteran. Probably done more than us. Yeah. <laughs> not, not quite that many. I've only done 30. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. I've had a few people listen back to the podcast and they're like, and then listen to it now. They're like, it's so much better now. And I was like, it's definitely. Oh, bro, be looking back on our past, like older podcasts, that was so shit. Like, uh, we, we, used, <laughs> we used to say to people, um, for everyone who's at home listening, no one's fucking listening. No, <laughs> it's just me yeah, and him. You have to say that. Yeah. 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 It's so bro, funny. There man. was a segment. <laughs> we were like, how many holes are in a crumpet? <laughs> So the next week we fucking bought a crumpet and we looked, and at, we it looked at it and we're like, fuck Way that. Too many fucking <laughs> <laughs> Way the too many fucking holes. The answer is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we sat and we're like. I reckon it's about a hundred and some. Oh, easily. Yeah. Surely you should be able to Google it. Well. Or if you went on to like, oh, like, because who makes them again? Oh, it's over there. Um, tip top. Tip top. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if you contacted him like, hey, look, we have a, we have a question. Um, <laughs> how many holes are in your crumpet? For our podcast, like out of curiosity, how many holes are in a crumpet? <laughs> I'm sure because obviously they would have to know. Have to. You reckon they're all the same? No, maybe. They, there would have to be enough consistency to give you sort of like a, a general there's, you know, in the vicinity of X, Y, and Z. Should we have a little bet between the three of us and we'll do that? What? Email, um, email let's have a guess. <laughs> yeah, but what the answer would be. I, I'm saying I, 130. What, to the nearest what? 10? Yeah. Nearest 10 is pretty sweet. You go next. You, you, you. This is pretty hard for you because obviously we've, we've seen a fair few crumpets in our face. I'm going to say 170. Ooh, okay. Should I be a dog and go in the middle or... Hmm. What'd you say? 130. You said 170. I, w I would go... Yeah, I would go one, 150 in the middle. Dog move. Yeah, dog, dog move, move, eh? I'm a dog. Because he can win either way now. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> dog. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's tell our listeners who you are, where you're from, and... How come you've moved from Melbourne to Newcastle? Uh, so as you guys introduced, I am Ben. Mm -hmm. Hello. Um, to answer your last question as to why I moved from Melbourne up this way, uh, the simple answer is for love. Oh, I just wanted him to say yeah, it. So there you go. Casey got, <laughs> got him. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> it's always really funny when people ask that question. They're like, oh, like, like when I was, because I, I, I kept my move pretty low key. Like I told my clients, the friends and stuff that I would sort of see you know, fairly regularly, they knew, my family knew, 
but it wasn't something I, I made a big deal of on socials. And then all of a sudden people are like, hang on, they're like, did you move? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, how come you didn't tell me? I'm like, because they're not really that close. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we're having that conversation now, so it's come up, but, you know, uh, there wasn't a, a need to to oh. really push it. Yeah. But it was like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I moved for Acacia and mm. I stand by that choice. Yeah. Yeah, unreal. I think the biggest thing about that move was the haircut. Oh, yeah. Can you Bro, go into depth about this haircut? Because I'll tell you what. When I saw the photo, I was like, oh, look, hey, am I straight or gay? I mate, Acacia posted on the stories. I said, who the fuck is that? She's <laughs> like, Ben. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out of so, nowhere, eh? Like, I I mean, like, if we go back to, like, 20, 2017, 2018, like, I had, like, just number one all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Like, even up in, it would have been, like, 2018 when I started seeing a barber to just get, like, the beard tidied up. And I was like, hey, man, I'm like, is there any way that we can, like, start, like, just gradually cutting my hair so I can, like, grow it out and do, like, a full, like, slick back? And he's like, oh, man, like, your hair's just way too short to do that. Like, it's going to take probably a year for it to grow out long enough. And then it was, like, three months later, he's like, damn, dude, your hair grows real fast. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, And then, like... I had it, you know, the whole fade and slick back top for mm-hmm. for ages, and then, like, obviously, like all throughout lockdown and stuff in Melbourne, like, it was pretty bloody hard to get a haircut. So sure. I just kind of like started growing my hair out really long, and then I was like, oh, I'm like it's getting like kind of long and wavy. I'm gonna like try and embrace like Jason Momoa vibes here. Oof. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it just kept getting longer and longer and longer. And then I was like, shit, my hair's getting pretty fucking long. Mm. Um. And then when I did move up here, it was like the longest it's like ever been in my entire life. And then we had um, Acacia's brother-in-law, his 30th, where it was a dress-up party. I'm like, I'm absolutely going as Aquaman. <laughs> it was like my my goal was to to do some sort of like cosplay or dress-up, yep. pull off the Aquaman. And then I was like, I'm no longer attached to the hair. <laughs> and then literally I like, just went out to some barber shop and got a cut. Well, whoever that barber is, he needs yeah, a fucking pay rise because it's unreal. It was good. Oh. To be honest, I was pretty pissed. Oh, <laughs> exclusive. I was, I was completely the opposite. <laughs> I, I went in there and I was like, this is what I want. And what I got wasn't what I wanted. Interesting. <laughs> what did you want? What was the... So I said to him, like, look, I want I want the sides all faded. Yep. I want the, the, the top left, like, pretty long. Like, I still want to be able to, like, tie it up. Mm-hmm. Like, I want some length on it. And I said, and with my beard... I'm like, all I want you to do is just like tidy up the edges. Don't take too much off the length. Mm-hmm. They did all that. A, he butchered my beard. Yep. Like just went to fucking town. And like, which I... Like way too short, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's m- one of my biggest irritations going to a barber. Is and like, even when he like was like having to like look at the length of my hair, he's like, oh, I like to hear. I'm like, no, 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 longer. I was like, where the length of it is, I'm like, take about a third of it off. Yep. That's all. And he only left like a third. No, and I'm no, like, like to the point like I will never go back to that barber ever again. Well, if you need to go to a barber, 88 Customs, yep. go check him out. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> That's a thousand bucks, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to us, baby. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. pretty annoying though when you go to a barber and then they fuck your hair up. Especially mm. when like Not 88 you're customs. trying to find like <laughs> a new barber. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. Like it wasn't a shit haircut. It just wasn't, wasn't what, what I wanted. asked for, which is yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm like, and I now have to pay you money mm. and pretend like I'm happy with this. Mm. And I'm not happy with mm. this. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, you put a lot of uh, a lot of faith into the into the barber. Like it's a lot of responsibility that you're giving him. Like if you get it, like so I I had. A, you know, I, the guy that I started seeing in like the end of, or like start of 2018 or whenever it was, like he was my barber up until he moved during lockdowns in, in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And then when he was like, oh yeah, like um, I'm not coming back, but go and see this guy. I went and saw him pretty much up until I left sort of on and off and he did a great job as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if like a guy is getting his hair cut fairly regularly or even if it's just his beard, mm-hmm. that barber is like, a really, really important person in his life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I've had the same barber for probably six years. Yeah. So I respect and, um, the hell out of that, man. Every, every time I go in there, he's just like, I, he just, he doesn't, it's all, never the same, never the same haircut. It's always different. And he's like, I've seen you have that many fucking haircuts. He's just <laughs> like, yeah, you've got a beard, you've got no beard, you've got a mow, you've got a full beard. You just fucking shave your head, let it grow, mm. get a fade. Just, no, I reckon the best haircut was that Katoni Stokes look. That's what you need to get back to. <laughs> Need to get back to that look. (laughs) 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 Am I keeping that in? (laughs) No, please. Bleep that that out, please. (laughs) That just came You better remind me because I might forget. (laughs) That just rolled off the tongue. (laughs) He said that and I was like, fuck, man. (laughs) Bold. (laughs) I was like, that's a fucking bold move. I was like, I'll rate it. Just cut that part <laughs> out, but leave this part in. <laughs> okay. You have to remind me though, because I oh, uh, fucking fuck I'm gonna write on on the board. <laughs> that rolled off the tongue. Oh my too, god! So. Wow. Jesus Christ. Bold statement. But anyway. Um. All right. <laughs> cool. Move, move on. From Let's that. get back to Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moved uh moved up from Melbourne yeah. up to up to Newey for for the amazing the amazing woman herself, Acacia. What um what's your profession? What do you do? Let the people know. So, uh, for the last 12 years, I have been a strength coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, essentially, like, I work with some powerlifters. I work with some non-powerlifters. The non-powerlifters that I work with, it's generally more around, like, yeah, again, like, non-competition strength training. Yep. Um, and then a bit of rehab stuff there to get people moving a hell of a lot better than what they are. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And that's – it's at um – yeah, main main focus would be powerlifting. Like, would it be that be? I uh, not not necessarily what we mostly do. Is that something that you would be like more um, happy to do? Is that something that you're more so proud about? like? Powerlifting coaching is like it's it's fun. Yep. Um, you know, if someone's gonna be like, "Hey, look, you know, we will cover your wage, whatever you want it to be," pick your demographic. Mm-hmm. I would probably say my favorite demographic is getting people in who like they're you know. They're active people. They, you know, whether it's in the gym or whether it's like just being active and going for a swim or whatever it is, it's like people who are like, I have pain. Mm. I need to get out of that. Yeah. Um, like when I get people that come in and they've had chronic pain for, you know, more than a decade and within a matter of weeks and months, it's significantly reduced and then gone. Yeah. That for me always just holds significantly more, more weight behind the, the value that I take out of that. Mm. Like it's all well and good, you know, coaching someone so they hit a big lift in competition or big lift in training. Like that, that it's cool. It's it's the shiny thing where you can be like, oh yeah, like you know, I did that. Yeah. But when you get someone who's like, oh, I can pick up my grandkids and I can actually have like enjoyment as my role as like being a granddad and sure, you know, or helping someone get to a point where they can go off and do IVF on their own when they've been trying for a baby for years. Yeah. That there is like. That has like a special place in my heart. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so there's a lot more substance to mm. what you do. Just, just not just necessarily physical strength, but more adapting to like 
a lot of more of say like emotional strength or mental strength as well in regards yeah. to like even with those people like my my and again like i'm very open to admitting it's my bias yeah but i'm like there's nothing wrong with being strong yeah like you know it, it's always really interesting like when i have conversations with people they're like oh you know i had to lift heavy oh and they always stop and they reframe it. it's like oh heavy for me mm. and that it's like Oh, like, yeah, 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 that was great. But it's always the, that but. So forget everything they said before the but and just focus on what they say after the but. Sure. So like when someone does the whole like, oh, well, it's heavy for me. It's like you've just completely negated all of the hard work you've put in to get to where you are. Mm. Like be proud of that. Yeah. Like I get, you know, I get guys that come in like, oh, I bench 60 kilos. Now, if someone's like, yeah, well, that that's hard for me and it's challenging and I've worked hard to get here. It's like... I don't care what the actual number is. Yeah. It's like, I care, like, can you put the effort in day in, day out, week in, week out, block in, block out to yield the result that you're after? Mm. You know, obviously, like, you know, someone came to me like, oh, I've got a 60 kilo bench press. Like, is that good? I'm probably gonna be like, oh, it's definitely work we can do there. Yeah. But, you know, if I get someone that comes in and they're like, oh, yeah, I bench 200. It's like, yeah, it's a big bench. Mm. But like, if they kind of like, well, my best bench is 260 and I'm just doing a couple of easy reps at 200, like I'm not really impressed at that work that work ethic. Yeah. Whereas if someone comes in like, I've busted my ass to get to this number, it's like, cool. I love that. Yeah. But yeah, like I will, I'll always bias strength for everyone. Like mm-hmm. whether it's a, a 50 kilo deadlift, whether it's a 300 kilo deadlift, you know, again, whether someone chooses to compete or not, I don't really care. Like I'll just always be like, you will have benefit of being stronger. Yeah. Like the older you get, the stronger you are, the less likely you are to have a fall and break a hip. The older you get, the more likely you are to break a hip, the like, more likely you are to die. Mm. If we can reduce those, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so into that right now. Cause I'm just thinking about my training and what I'm doing as well. It's a bit similar. So I'm just, I'm just training to how my body feels. Yeah. Not trying to push it like I used to. Like when I was doing CrossFit, I was just going crazy, just lifting as heavy as I can and not really consistent with it all. Mm. And now it's just like just not go too light but not go too heavy where my body's aching. I just move with however my body's feeling that it's day. Zone. Some days it's like I want to be heavy, I'll go heavy. Some days are light, I just go light. Mm. Yeah. Especially with like the job I do too, like concrete and stuff, like bending over all day, carrying shit all day. It's just like it's just so much. Well, I come body. from landscaping, man. Like Yeah. You do a, a full day on the tools, especially bending over with like that really heavy work where you're in those positions of like extreme flexion all day. Mm. It's it sucks going into the gym after that. Yeah, yeah. But it's also one of the things where like training can absolutely be used as a tool to like reduce the impact that that does have on your body. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at at the moment. It's just trying to get through, the, find a happy place with it. So yeah, yeah, it's good. What's your um? Do you have any current um, pieces that you're working towards, or is it more the same? Like just be focusing on your own strength. Um, I mean, like my strength is always going to be a focal point. Yep. Um, like I kind of did a little. Oh, wasn't as bad. Like I did a little bit of a number on myself when I moved up here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like the month before I moved, training was not a priority. Sure. And then probably like the first like two or three weeks after moving up here i'm like it's still not a priority mm-hmm. my first deadlift session back i was like i have no expectations from today i'm like i'm just gonna go in and similar like i'm just gonna i'll warm up and i'll just sort of see how things feel and gauge sure based off that 
and I was warming up and I was just like, I'll just add a plate each set and just kind of like find a weight where it's like 400 kilos later. <laughs> well, like, so I did, I did 180 and I was like, it felt pretty fucking light. Like, you know, I'll go 220. I might do like a double or a triple here. I started and I was doing reps. I'm like, still feels pretty easy. But it, like I hit eight reps. I'm like, yeah, like that'll do for today. You know, did some pause deadlifts afterwards. That afternoon, went out and helped like my brother-in-law like move a you know a mattress and a few other bits and pieces. And then I woke up the next day. I'm like, oh, I'm, like I'm pretty fucking sore. <laughs> Realized I'd sprained it into costal, and then so pretty much like breathing, move everything hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm like, it is what it is. Like I'll just I'll wait. And it was about I reckon eight days later, things had kind of settled down. I'm like. I'm going to go in and try some lower body stuff today just to get the body moving because I'm like, I, I feel like I need that. And then I sprained a facet joint. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just can't catch a break here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then it was like trying to give that enough time to settle down so I could start my rehab stuff on that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all trending in the right direction now. So yeah, now it's just a matter of like just chipping away each week, get the ball rolling, get some momentum and then get things to a point where I can afford to be a little bit silly. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little casual at 180 kilo. <laughs> 228. Yeah. <laughs> Felt good going 400. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking YOLO. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, I remember this is probably, uh, yeah, probably this time last year, a little bit before, and I'd worked so hard to get up to like a 200 kilo deadlift. I still remember that feeling of just thinking that I was never going to be able to lift 200 kilos on a deadlift and got it for one. I was just like, this is amazing. I feel like I'm about about to pass out, but I just fucking just busted my ass for the last, you know, 12 to 16 weeks on a program just to be able to get to this. This is I still remember when like 180 for me was a big deadlift. Mm. Like I came up in like my Facebook memories from like, I think 2015 maybe was when I pulled 220 for one. And that was like, oh my God, I just pulled five plates aside. Like, I am a fucking god. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, oh yeah, like. What's your heaviest, Dad? 290. <laughs> Jesus. What did Max lift? Oh, bro, did you hear this story? So we had um, we had all the team come in and do like, um, like our About Me videos, but we wanted to have a bit more substance behind it. Like instead of just having like an interview, you still have the interview, but have like B-roll scenes, like playing over the top, make it a bit more yeah, yeah. Full, uh, full on. So had like a cage to do some training, do her women's circle, breath work. Tahi did some ice bath and training as well. Um, and Max come in. <laughs> We're like, all right, bro, meet it, meet it, new streaks just up there. He's like, yeah, sweet, no worries. I'll just uh, just do some deadlifts and um, do some squats. I'm like, sweet. So me and Cody are riling ourselves up on that day. In that morning, we're like, fuck, we're going to see some big numbers here, hey? Yeah. So anyway. a very strong boy. Oh my God, bro. So get this. So he got there. So we're supposed to get there at 10.30. He got there at 10. Didn't tell us he was getting there at 10. And me and Cody walk in. He has 155 kilos on the bench. For warm up. (laughs) For repping from like five to eight reps. And just, it's just butter. It's no like quivering. It was just butter and then he's like oh, hey boys and he's just sorting off getting more plates i'm like the fuck is this he's like oh i'm just getting this in before our content i'm like fuck it this is the content <laughs> cody get your camera out yeah so we've got him repping like 155 160 and it's just butter mm. like it's just smooth technique is perfect oh mate 
insane. I was just like, and here I am. Like, if I get two plates on each side, I'm cheering about myself. <laughs> He's just yeah, repping it. That's like when I did mine. <laughs> I did um, I did some heavy cleans. Cody goes, you've easily got 110, 120. I picked one. I picked 80 up, and he's like, fuck yeah, you've got this. Hit 100. He goes, go 110. Picked the bar up, and I just looked at it, and he just goes, you don't got it. And I was like, nah, bro. I was like, fucking, I'm out of here, man. That's it. Cut the camera, bro. Yeah. Get, the, get the one video out, bro. Get the after effects out and add a plate on while I'm doing this. I just said to him, I was like, I'm not going to do weights. He's like, why? And I was like, Max was here today, and so was Acacia. I ain't fucking trying to list more than those guys. I'll just do some uh, ring muscle-ups, bar muscle-ups, make oh, myself look good, and that's it. It was he's funny. <laughs> Cody goes, oh, what else is like? To Acacia, she, she's like, uh, what else do you enjoy outside of coaching? She's like, oh, I like training. And he's like, oh, sweet. Do you want to, we'll go get some training footage. Yeah, sweet. Shirts off, you know, fucking got a, got the just the guns out, just training away. I'm like- She's Fucking ready to go all the time. All the time, man. It was just like, snap of the finger, I'm on here. Yeah. But the, the fun you're thing on. is, well, if you're ever in a setting and you're like, oh, let's go train. She's like, nah. Do you know like the secret phrase to get her to do it? Don't be a pussy. <laughs> yeah. And then she'll just be like, I think she said that at that dinner we went to at, right. J- at Jackie's birthday. She's like, if I hear someone to say, don't be a pussy, I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. I learned that very quickly about it. I was just like, I'm like, just don't be a pussy. And she's like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> cook <laughs> me dinner. No, don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm the cook in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, she mate. makes a pretty good dessert, though. She's she's the baker. The baker, yeah. yeah. But when it comes to like cooking, Dude. it's my wheelhouse. Yeah. I think we should go for dinner. Yeah. Invite? Yeah. Oh, I just invite myself. Yeah. I do every other time. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I invite myself. Five thirty. <laughs> I'll bring the fucking. I'll bring the drinks. <laughs> what do you drink? Um, I don't know. I kind of just mix up between uh, Great Northern and Stonewood. Okay. I tell you what. I've um. I've been having that gentleman Jack that you got us for. Yeah, it's good. Eh? Oh my god. I do That's like a good whiskey. Butter. Eh? Oh, mm. Dangerous. Very dangerous. Do you drink like spirits and whiskey as well? Yeah, I drink. Yeah, whiskey. Mm. Like you boys would have a good time at our place. Mm. I have some very nice whiskey. Oh, I, have a good time so I had a good time at anyone's house. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is Get the me thing, a like, couch and a table, up, I'm set. <laughs> I think I like, so during lockdown at one point, I had like 29 bottles of whiskey in my collection. Wow. And that's, so I, I was like, I'm going to make it a rule. No more buying bottles. Yep. Until I get gifted. Yep. Some. And then like, I'll work my way through. And when I'm back down to like single digits, then I might like, just buy one at like my birthday each year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that all was good in theory. And then, <laughs> I, like, I have a habit. Like, I like to walk into like the smaller, like, less in your face bottle shops and just sort of see like, yep, what they've got. Speak to the guys if he knows things about whiskey. Usually, they've got like a few bottles hidden away that they don't like to publicize that they have. Sure. And back when I was in Melbourne, like, I went into this this one up the road from my place, and I was having a look. I'm like, oh. It's, not a bad whiskey collection. The guy who, like, the guy who was working there was only a kid. And he comes up, he's like, oh, like, you know, are, you, are you looking for anything in particular today? I'm like, nah, mate. I'm like, I'm literally just having a, having a squeeze of what you got here. Mm. Um, not a bad collection. He's like, oh, he's like, do you know about whiskey? I'm like, oh, I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, I have a lot of it at home. I drink a lot of it. And yep. I'm familiar with a few of these bottles here. And he goes, oh, the owner's going to be back in like 20 minutes if you want to like hang around and have a chat with him. Like he loves talking about whiskey. I was like, yeah, all right. Sweet. Hung around. The guy came back in and we got talking. I was probably there for like an hour and a half. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit outrageous. <laughs> um, but he's like, oh, have you tried this? And I was like, I'm like, look, you know, you've got like the 12 here. But like, I've, I've tried like the 15 and the 18. I haven't tried the 12 yet. He's mm. like, fuck, do you want to try some? I'm and like, like drunk at the bottle shop. Have, <laughs> do you have one open? He's like, no, I'll just open one. I was like, okay, okay. 
And he's like, he's like, before we go any further, he's like, tell me your review on this. I went, mm, yeah. And I sort of like ran off a few things. He's like, all right. He's like, we can talk further. Opens up the cupboards under the till. He brings out like four bottles. And he's like, this one here is like a $300 bottle of whiskey that I keep under here to see if people like this. And then I know where to direct them and what we're going to try after. So we did like a full on like whiskey tasting, which was unreal. Really, really out of the blue, but it was, it was good. And an Uber home. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Perry. What's the, uh, what's the go-to whiskey? What do you, what do you prefer? Like not necessarily the brand, but what, t- what type of whiskey does you go to? So my favorite whiskey at the moment is an Australian whiskey. Okay. So there's a company from Tassie called Lark. Uh-huh. Their classic cask. Yep. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a lot into the whiskey at the moment. It's unreal. We should, um, I've got a heap at home. We should go fill off. Like, Lark's not cheap, and they <coughs> sell theirs in 500 mil bottles. Okay. So their classic cask, which is kind of one of their entry-level ones, mm-hmm. is like $200 for a 500 mil bottle. Jesus. So not cheap. Yep. Um, they did a... They did a like a spe- so they do like special releases throughout the year, and if you get your hands on them, they're just they're annoyingly good. Supporting like I want to drink it because it's delicious and mm. really enjoyable, but I also don't want to drink it because then when I run out of it, I can't get it again. Sure. So my brother picked up um, this one they did. It was like a the whole bottle was like completely blacked out. Mm-hmm. There's like caramel and like coffee undertones. Oh. Like it's just incredible. Nice. And that was like three hundred and fifty dollars for a five hundred ml bottle. I'm like, oh wow. Ouch. Yeah. But I'll take um, two. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're probably like my, my favorite at the moment. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. I think my one of my old faves is uh the Royal Royal Crown. Have you had that? Let's see, uh, it comes in like a little little purple box and you open it up and it's got a little like uh little crown on the top of it. So at that thirtieth that we went to where I did the whole like Aquaman dress up, mm-hmm. he got a bottle of that, but it was the thirty year old bottle. Oh really? That was bought like thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. So like, his, like his pub bought like a bottle for like him and his brother, and it was like on your thirtieth birthday you get these bottles. Yeah, nice. And he's like, he's like, I'm not a whiskey drinker, dude. So I don't give a fuck about this. So I'm like, bro, it's like a fifty <laughs> or sixty year old bottle of whiskey. Like that'd be worth a fucking fortune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a mate who's um collects them, and he um like we went into his house, and it was, it was like the whole wall that like. I think we sat down one day and they worked out it was like close to fifty thousand dollars worth of whiskey. And he had um he had this one bottle that he kept in a safe because it's like worth a fucking like in five figures. There was a a bottle shop back in Melbourne that they had all the the high end whiskey, mm. and they had I think it was a fifty year old, Glenfiddich or Glenlivet, mm. one of the two. Yeah, Glenfiddich's good. And it was like a seventy five thousand dollar bottle of whiskey, and I'm like, Jesus, who the fuck? Yeah, has the money to buy this and not drink it. And yeah. better yet, who the fuck has the money to buy this and drink and it? Drink it. Yeah. yeah. Would that yeah. be like five thousand dollars a shot or like or a glass? Well, they were the ones that got me into whiskey because they're a bit older than me and they all like into their whiskey and they used to come around and like all of them would get like a really expensive glass mm. and they'd, they'd give me like this <laughs> shitty one just to try because they're like I I didn't know if I would like it or not. Yeah. yeah. And they had to like slowly build me up, and then uh, we went on a whiskey tour and yeah, it was. It's so remember. different when you taste different types of whiskey mm. and like when you've learned not to add ice. Well, like some of them you can add ice to. Yeah. So the fun part is like as you get more experienced with your whiskey, you learn which ones like you, like based on obviously what your palate's like. You'll go, I really like this one with one ice cube. I really like this one with like four drops of water. I like this one just neat. I mm. like this one with whiskey rock so it's cooler but not diluted. Yeah. And you 
like you figure out how yeah. you like things, and that's when it gets really, really fun. <laughs> mm. Oh, so we got something planned. Go do a little. <laughs> hey, bit I'm of off tonight, boys. What's the plan? <laughs> like, I remember not. when my yeah. sister had her dad when she was in like year ten. Mm. Like, it was like my mum, my dad, um, myself, three of my friends that went to her dad because my brother and his partner had to do something else that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, dad had opened like a, a 21 year old bottle of whiskey, it's like our pre drink kind of thing. And a mate of mine who was there, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go grab a whiskey. And we had like this 21 year old bottle of whiskey and then like a few other like cheaper bottles out that like if people wanted to mix it with Coke. Mm hmm. They could. So he, he opens this 21-year-old bottle of whiskey and starts pouring it. And then I hear the, of the soft drink lid. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? He's like, I'm having a whiskey and Coke. Yeah. I'm like, not with that fucking whiskey, you know? Yeah. I'm like, have some respect, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember um, I remember we, this is when I used to work back in, um, I, I was the operations manager in at um, Queens Wharf Hotel okay. in town. I was there for like eight years. Anyway, we, um, with all the um, RSA laws that you had, you weren't able to serve anything neat or anything on the rocks after a certain time. Mm. So like say on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever, whatever, pretty much whenever the managers decide, all right, no more neat, no more rocks. Um, you had to like serve it with a mixer. Anyway, this fucking broke my heart. This guy come in and he ordered like the most expensive whiskey we got. It probably cost like, it was like $110 a sh- like a serving of it. Yeah. And he looks at me and I was like, mate, I will serve it for you, but I'm just letting you know. And this fucking kills me to say, but I've got to mix it with something. He goes, yeah, just fill it with Coke. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you're paying for it. Go enjoy it. So but yeah, there was a, a coffee house I used to go to back in Melbourne. Um, and they, like, they did a lot of like specialty coffees. And they had this one like pour over coffee that they would do where it was like, it was like $160 for a cup of coffee. It was like the most expensive coffee in the world. Wait, what? How much? $160. For a fucking coffee. Yeah, that's insane. Fuck is, I thought it was paying six dollars fifty was a lot of money. Oh, like this place does like high end specialty like filter coffee. So ah. they had a bunch of like you know between sort of like ten to like forty dollars a cup of coffee. But they had this one where it was like if Jeez. you walked in there and they didn't know you and you were like I want that one, they'd be like no. Mm, that's why he's like a coffee we, snob. Yeah, that's another good question for you as well. What's your go to coffee while I'm here? <laughs> Pick your brain so I can go get it after. As in like. Where do I buy my coffee from? Or if I go to a cafe, what do I order? Either, cafe yeah, you order. Either, either both. Both. So good. if I go to a cafe, yep. I will always ask them if they do a filter or a pour over. Yep. And if they do that, that's almost always my go-to. Yep. Otherwise, it's usually just a double espresso mm-hmm. because I'm like, there's if they if they fuck up a double espresso, they shouldn't be making coffee. Sure. Yeah. Um, as far as like where I buy my coffee from, I buy this. So there's a company back in Melbourne that they do a bunch of like organic and like ethically sourced coffees as well so i'm like that's stuff that i quite like to support Mm -hmm. um so i still buy my coffee from them and yeah they just ship it up here for me yeah nice yeah the uh the flavor of what i'm going for at the moment just josie's around the corner gateshead there the roastery Mm -hmm. i'm not sure if you've been there before or know them yet um it's just literally just around the corner there they've got a big roastery out there um they've got one it's called purple rain it's just like dark chocolate mix it's unbelievable Mm. so good so good but they do filters and everything like that up there they've, yeah. they've got all the the hookup i don't know what i'm saying when i get in there i just say i'll just they already, they know what i want but they've Fuck. got all of these contraptions going and everything like that it's fucking wild in there's there. only two coffees i drink it's a latte and if i'm feeling a little bit naughty i'll have a dirty try oh dirty boy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I've been feeling a bit naughty lately and I've been having me do jobs. Some people make it like shit, to be honest. Mm. And they just fuck it up. It's because it's chai. It is chai. Yeah. 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 Well, look, <laughs> I don't know much about coffee, but it just tastes good. Especially if it's, uh, <laughs> well, they wouldn't be making it over loose leaf or anything like that. It would be just powdered. Look, just powdered I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get back on track a little bit here. <laughs> I, I just need to get that. I know what I'm going to go buy. Go and get some whiskey and some coffee. Um, so you spoke a bit about like life in Melbourne and lockdown. What was... At like in lockdown in Melbourne. Yeah, this is an interesting mm. question because um, I, I don't think I've ever spoke to anyone that's no, not really. Like I've heard it. people about it, but not. To uh, it was fucking rough. Mm. Yeah, like because your rules are a lot different. to ours was these are pretty strict there. Hey, oh no, theirs was like theirs is fucking like yeah. Obviously, you could speak about it, but it was yeah. just fucking so much worse than what we had. If I start getting political, pull me up because <laughs> oh, go for it. Oh no, because like <laughs> I get fucking riled up. <laughs> like even I mean what's 2023 now like i still i'm like fucking mm. so i lived by myself i was single i pretty much lost my job overnight at no fault of my own couldn't see any friends or family like i lived next to my grandparents which was nice but i was like they're elderly and i'm like i don't want to spend too much time with them mm-hmm. just in case sure um like I remember at one point I was like I had a I had a session with my psychologist and we're sort of just talking. He's like, you know, like how are you going with everything? And I was like, fuck man, like it's 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 hard. And he goes, Yeah, look, not to like like I don't like, you know, talking about like other patients and all that sort of stuff, but he goes, out of all of my active patients and out of all of the other doctors and stuff at this practice, and you know, obviously like we we don't necessarily talk about the specifics, but we talk about overarching like difficulties that people are facing and he goes you by far have copped it the worst mm-hmm. he's like i haven't spoken to anyone else who's had half the difficulties that you have during this like it was i think the hardest part was there was a big period of time at the start where i wasn't getting any of the financial support so like i lost 97 percent of my income overnight mm. I like all and again like it's it's one of the things where I can sit back and go you know yes like I had all these plans lined up and obviously it fucked it but you know that happened for pretty much everyone across the world sure um but yeah like it was really hard like living by yourself not really like all of the the supports that people usually have in place where like where their mental health is being impacted it's like oh like I can go see my friends or I can like go to the gym or I can do this or I can do that. It's like none of that was accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was very, very, very fortunate that I did have pretty much a full gym set up in my house. Like I was just about to open up a gym. Like literally the day we got declared a state of emergency in Victoria was the day I was meant to sign a lease agreement to Mm -hmm. open up a gym. Mm -hmm. So I had all this equipment at home. I was like, cool, at least I can still train. Yep. That was like my one saving grace. Um, like I, you know, I just started dating someone like three weeks before lockdowns as well. And it was kind of like a, well, if we've got any time to give this a go, like this will be it. And that fizzled out after about six months or so, which you know, is what it is. Mm-hmm. But it was like, you know, going, like, I don't know how many times you guys have had like things like fall apart in a relationship, but like, it's like usually things fall apart. You catch up with your, your mates, you go for dinner, yeah. you go to the, you know, you go to the gym together, like you, you do the things to build that that self-worth, self-worth and that confidence yeah. back up. Yeah. 
and none of that was successful. Mm. And it was all well and good to, you know, like to have psychologist appointments and be like, oh, look, you know, I'm, I'm struggling because of X, Y, and Z. And for them to be like, that sucks. Mm. Have you thought about trying this? Dude, like we can't. Oh, yeah, that's right. What about this? We can't. Oh, yeah, that's right. And because there were so many rules and regulations around like, like they did like a buddy system where it's like if you live by yourself and someone else that you were friends with lived by themselves or like didn't have like a significant other, like you guys could go and see each other. But like there were rules about like who could be at the house when you were over there. And it's just, it was a shit show. So, mm. so I got to the point where I was like, fuck this. Like, you know, I'm like my mental health and like my ability to survive trumps everything here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was fucking rough. Mm. Really rough. Mm. Yeah, mate. I couldn't even fathom. Like fathom that. There was stages when they're like, you can't go any further than five Ks from your address. Yeah. We had like an eight PM curfew. Like just like I'm like, we're fucking adults here. Yeah. Like we're not children. Mm. Like I mean, like obviously like, you know, looking back now and with all of the stuff that we do know about everything, it's like, was it an overreaction? Yeah, probably. Oh, mate, that's, you know, without one word of a question, was it? Like, you know, there's so much stuff that's coming out about it now. Like, yeah, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Like text messages and every everything. Like, it's just been insane. And mm. like f- to be able to go through that period and have an 8 p.m. curfew and you can't leave any further than five kilometers from your house, that's martial law. Yeah, that's what that is. Like, I mean... I've always been a little bit rebellious when it comes to authority. Like I never really acted up as a kid and was like a little shit or anything like that. But if someone's like, I'll do this. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. Mm. So when they came out with all these like, Oh, well, you know, you can't go more than five K's from your house. I was like, cool. I'm going to go 5.1 K from my house just to say, fuck you. Mm. (laughs) When you're like, you have to, you can't leave your house after 8 PM. Like I'm going to take my dog for a walk. Mm. Like I remember there was, there was one point when they were like, if you're outside and you're walking by yourself, you have to have a mask on. Mm. I'm like, like the area that I lived in, it's, there's plenty of areas you can walk where there's like no one, like you'll be walking on the main road, but there's just no one around. Sure. And, you know, for the start, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'll have some little dicky thing around my neck, but I, I was like, you know, if I'm in, like if I'm outside by myself, like I'm not wearing a mask, it's just stupid. Yeah. And I got pulled over by the cops. Mm. So cop car drives past me I'm like out walking my dog he drives past me next thing you know pulls a U-turn as he's driving past me he's looking at me like this pulls back around as he's come back around lights go on I'm like alright fucking here we go mm-hmm. <laughs> gets out of the car and he's by himself and he's like older like he's probably in his you know 50s or early 60s or something like that and he's like what are you doing mate I'm like walking my dog mate I'm going for exercise mm. He's like, why aren't you wearing your mask? I'm like, because I'm exercising. He's like, you're walking. I'm like, that's deemed as exercise. Mm. He's like, no, if you're walking, you're supposed to wear it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm doing wind sprints then. <laughs> yep. He's like, what's that? I'm like, it's where I walk for a certain period of time and then I run for a certain period of time. He's like, but you weren't running. I'm like, yeah, because I'm in the part where I walk. <laughs> and he goes, well, then you should be wearing your mask. I'm like, but I'm exercising. I don't have to. Mm. He's like, you do, it's the law. And I'm like, mate, maybe you need a freshener. Mm. It ain't law. Yeah, no way it's law, yeah. I'm like, it hasn't been passed. Yeah. It's a 
guideline. Guideline at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no. And if you keep up with the attitude, I'm going to fine you. I'm like, for what? Mm. And I'm like, again, like, not to be like an agitator or anything like that, but I'm like, don't come to me when like, it's like, there's no one around. Yeah. I'm not putting anyone at risk by doing this. I'm literally just going on a walk with my dog. Did he have a mask on? He had it like here. <laughs> so like. So not on. So <laughs> it looked like it was on, but it wasn't on. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. And I said to him, I'm like, mate, are we done with this conversation? Cause I'm, I'm bored. Mm. And he was like, excuse me. I'm like, have a great day. And just walked off. Mm. Like wasn't breaking a law. Couldn't do, there's nothing that he could actually go. I can do anything about this. Yeah. And if he had, <laughs> yeah, there would have been hell to pay. Yeah, yeah. So when you were like with all the tough shit you were going through there, when did it kind of change for you? Like when did it start? You start to see the the bright light. Because how long did you stay in lockdown? So we were pretty much in and out of lockdown for like eighteen months. Yeah. Fuck, longest city. So world. yeah, we had the longest lockdowns globally in the world. That's yeah. hectic. I didn't so want to talk about my lockdown. Like obviously, it was like. <clears throat> March 2020, we pretty much went in. I think we did like 12 weeks or something like that. Yeah. Where it was pretty much like, yeah, like you, you can't go out, you can't do much, but like we're just sort of bunkering down. And that one, I was kind of like, all right, cool. Like yeah. we don't know what this is. Like, you know, if they're saying, hey, to do your part, you just need to hang out at home, just hang tight. I was like, fuck it. I'm like, at least they're not shipping us off to war. Yeah. Like I, I can handle this. Mm. In the second one, I was kind of like, Really? Mm. A bit, bit much. Mm. And then we came out of that one and we had a pretty good run. And then it was like, it hit May in 2020. It was like, like I'd just gone away for like my mom's birthday for like a couple of nights with like my family. We had a really, really nice time. We get back and it's like, bang, back in again. And it was always like, oh, we're just going to do, it's just going to be like a five day lockdown. Five day lockdown turned into like six weeks. And I was like, oh, it's just a three day lockdown. I was like, if we've got a lockdown for three days, what's the fucking point? Mm. And then, you know, like, at the time, like, I had a, a few clients and stuff that I was working with. And I remember, like, I had a session with them on, on the um, Thursday morning. And I'm like, oh, like, he was like, you know, how'd you go with, uh, with that last lockdown? I was like, oh, you know, it's fucking, is what it is. He goes, did you hear that? What was that? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, just a heads up. There is a very high chance that we're going to be going into another one tomorrow night. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He's like, so I'm, I'm like, not going to name, I'm not going to name the company that, we, that he works for, but he's like, you know, we've been told by certain individuals mm. not to place our orders for like food and drink. Okay. And when asked why, we were told that there would be a high chance of another snap lockdown. Sure. And then that was the one that ended up lasting yeah. fucking ages. Ages. Um, so in terms of like when things kind of turned around, there were like ebbs and flows throughout the whole time. There were times when it was like, oh, this like, you know, like towards the end, the amount of money I was being paid to stay at home was ridiculous, mm -hmm. which is also probably why Victoria's in so much debt now and mm -hmm. economies around the globe are all struggling. Yep. Um, but like, you know, I was being paid like a stupid amount of money. I'm like, you know what? Like, this is fine. Like mm. I can, I can train whenever I want, take the dog for a walk. I just order my food when I want it. Like, yeah, I'm living here. Yeah. I was having a great time. The only, only challenge for me was pretty much like I couldn't work. Yeah. 
Um, so like, I was like, you know what? It's fine. Got to a point where it's like, you know, when you're sort of dealing with the isolation and the loneliness, especially living alone, mm. that was probably the hardest part. And there would be moments when, which I'd be sitting at, at home watching a movie at night and then I'd be like, fuck me. Like I just, I miss being around people. Yeah. Mm. I miss being able to go to my, my work and have like a sense of purpose. And that's when it would be like out of nowhere. It was like a bloody tidal wave of like, grief and anger and all of these other really heavy emotions. Yeah. And that's when I'd be like, fuck, I feel like I've been like consumed with like a snap depression. Yeah. And then trying to, to navigate that. I mean, like I, I've dealt with mental health stuff since I was bloody like 13. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't my first rodeo. Sure shit won't be my last. I'm pretty fortunate. Like I have some sort of framework in in order to try and like minimize how bad it is but there are times when it's just like it gets real heavy it gets real dark and it's just like you just kind of have to suck it up and just like try and get through sure so as far as like when it got good now in newcastle well i mean like and that's the thing like you know we came out in like i think it was like october 2021 and, like, I still feel like I'm recovering from it all. Yeah. Like, whether it's talking about, like, the financial recovery, whether it's talking about, like, just the toll and, like, coming out of that and being like, fuck, like, trying to find the momentum and the the drive to, like, get back into things at the same level that I was at before. And I'm like, like, I feel like all of my energy has just been sapped. Yeah. So if something was like, like that to happen again, do you think you'd handle things a lot differently or do you think you'd be back in the same position? I feel like I'd probably be a lot more outspoken this time around. Like, mm. obviously, like, you know, in my role, I try not to make my personal opinions, whether it's on any topic, known. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, people don't follow me on, on social media. Not, not that I have a, a big following by any stretch of the imagination, but, like, people don't come to me for my view on politics. Yeah. They don't come to me for my view on, you know, social health and all that sort of stuff. They come mm. to me, it's like, cool, we come to him, you know, for sure, like to get strong and learn how to move better. Yeah. You know, I get some people that come to me because they're like, I'm curious on your insights as to like men's mental health and other bits and pieces like that. Sure. You know, some people talk to me about coffee and whiskey. Some people <laughs> love the cooking videos that I put up. Yeah. But I think if we went into like another, like if we had another lockdown for, for something, I think I would probably be a little bit more vocal about my opposition to it yeah yeah same here like obviously like that whole topic was very polarizing oh massively like mm. you either it was either you're over here or you're over there you're either pro or anti there was yeah. no there was no in between or gray zone or like you know nuance to any discussion it was either like i mean shit like i had a an interesting conversation with a bunch of family members yep throughout the whole time mm where I'm like, you know, I sit there and I try and be as pragmatic as I can be when it comes to things. And if I'm like, if I know that I'm going to get emotional over something, I'm like, I just don't discuss it. Yep. I'm like, I'm not going to set myself up to have a, an emotional and a rational conversation on yep. a topic that I know I'm going to get emotional and rational about. Sure. Unless it is something where I'm like, you know what? I have to be a little bit emotional about this so that you actually fucking listen to me. Mm. But even then I'm like, I feel like a lot of that, that passion that comes through with the emotion gets lost in 
the chaos of that emotion. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if I'm having conversations with people, it's like, you know, especially around that, it's like, I want to use stats and I want to use data and I want to go, if X plus Y equals P, doesn't really line up and I'm going to ask questions. Mm. Again, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, people had the, well, in theory, they had the right to choose what they wanted to do. Sure. But they didn't. Yeah. You know, I'm very much of the mind of going, you know, if people are like, you know what, I fucked up, I'm sorry, mm. can we mend that bridge? It's like, sure, absolutely. I've got plenty of room to forgive people. Yeah. Do I think that, you know, people who are in positions of power who force that down everyone's throat and still continue to do so, do I think forgiveness should be available to them? Maybe not as much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like there's enough information out now where people should be able to go, mm. well, this was a silly decision. No accountability there. Yeah, I don't think there's been one bit of accountability. There's has been unless, unless I've missed something, but no, nothing. yeah, nothing. Like Absolutely nothing. Yeah, wild. It's crazy the experiences like that we've all had during COVID. Like, I was pretty, I liked it, to be honest. Mm. There I was were aspects of it that I loved. Yeah, like, like I, I still had, like, I lived with my two best friends. So it was like, it was kind of good. I had them all the time. Mm. I was training, I had a gym downstairs. So I was training twice a day and I was probably the fittest and ripped I've ever been. And then I was still working. I was I just ended up working more like seven days a week because it's just like like construction didn't really sh- didn't really stop there. So then like my experience of it was just so different to other people. Then people were like, oh, I'm so lonely, and like, which I did feel bad and stuff. for. then I was just like, I'm just having such a different experience. And you hear like your story, your story. It's just so well, so different. Like mm. My brother, for example, like he took a new job. I think it was like a month before our lockdowns hit. So he's like, I've got no annual leave. I've got no sick leave. Like I've got nothing up my sleeve here other than a new job that pays more. The money that he's on now, like he was like, you know, he's on a very healthy six-figure salary. His wife was on a really healthy six-figure salary. They're like the extent of the difficulties that we, because they're, they're both massive homebodies. They love spending time with each other. I'm like, awesome. Like that is like best case scenario, like kind of like mm. you with your friends. And they're like, you know, the hardest thing for us is the fact that we're like, we can't go out and party with our friends. Mm. They're like, we just we, partied together. We haven't lost any money. We've, in fact, gotten pay rises. Yep. And we get to spend all day at home with each other hanging out. They're like, this is amazing for us. Yeah. yeah. And there's me who's like, oh, I lost almost Everything. all of my business overnight. I'm not getting any money from the government at this point in time. Uh, I can't see any of my friends and I'm really fucking struggling. Mm. So I think like for us, we could stay in, was it your Eric? Not Eric, postcode. It was... um. It was like 20, or was it five? Oh, was it 25k it? or like 20k? No, wasn't it just your local area or whatever it was? So Lake Macquarie, mm. which is massive. Yeah. So you could pretty much go, That's any, right. you yeah. could go anywhere you wanted. So mm. like Lake Macquarie is huge. So I could go all the way out to Toronto, which is about 40 minutes away, which is where my parents live. Yeah. I could go there and then I could go to like Cameron Park I could come here. I could go to like Redhead Beach. I could go anywhere because mm. it was in that Lake Macquarie thing. So I think that's what's like for us is a bit different because we've in Melbourne and it just like your area is just like that little. Yeah. So you drive like, five minutes down the road and you're in a different suburb. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you can't be here. Like, there was one time during the lockdowns when like things were getting like pretty dark, getting pretty heavy. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I can't be at home. Mm. Like, I don't feel like it's safe for me to be at home. Like I, I just need to get out of the house. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go for a drive. Went for a drive. Got about 40 minutes down the road. Get pulled over by a cop. Hey mate, we've scanned your license plate. We've seen that you're 
well and truly outside of your 5Ks from home. What are you doing out here? And I was like, mate, I'm going to have a really honest conversation with you. I live by myself. I'm not doing too well, like, up here. I don't think it's safe for me to be at home by myself right now. I just need to go for a drive, clear my head. And he, like, he literally just sat with me for, you know, 10 minutes, had a bit of a chat. But he was, like, one of the few interactions that I had and that I heard of people having with cops during that time where it was actually positive. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a few friends that were cops prior to all this starting and I knew a bunch of them that were like, I'm not being part of this. Yeah. You know, when a bunch of like the, the riots and stuff happened in Melbourne, like I knew a lot of people that went to them. I knew a few cops that had to go to them and they're like, I don't want to fucking be here. Mm. Like it was very interesting. Obviously like, you know, I've got, Plenty of friends that live in Sydney. I've got friends that live in Brisbane and the Gold Coast. I've got friends that live over in Perth. Like, I've got friends around Australia. I've got friends all overseas. And they're all like, what the fuck is going on in Melbourne? Mm. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, I remember mm. there was, those riots were wild, man. Especially wild. like when we had the, when construction got shut down for two weeks. Bro, do you remember that? How they're out the front of that... Um, here for me, yeah. Yeah, and they were yeah. just smashing the building down. like Because that morning, crazy. like I don't know if it was one or two guys that killed themselves. Okay. When they got... When it was like, cool, you guys have all misbehaved. Yeah. We're going to punish you with a two-week shutdown. Sure. Some guy literally went and threw himself off a building and killed himself. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. he's like, I now can't afford to look after my family. Mm. They'll get more money from my life insurance. That will actually help them get through. Whereas me being alive and sitting at home does nothing for them. Mm. Mm. It's like, you know, some of the inter like I had, I mean, shit. Throughout that time, there were three suicide attempts that I interrupted. Yeah, well, I had one of my closest and dearest friends who, like, I like she pretty much messaged me and was like, "Bye," mm. drove straight to her house, walked in. Not a good scene. Mm. Got there. at... 3 p.m. or something like that. Didn't leave till about 4.30 in the morning. Mm. There was another time when I was walking my dog at night and we're walking along and next thing you know, I hear beeping and just carnage on the roads. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So like, I kind of like run up the road and there's a lady on the road trying to throw herself in front of a car. Mm. So like I have to tie my dog up off on the side of the road. Me and a bunch of people, like we get out People like Restrainer, call Ambos, call police, all that sort of shit. But like, again, like we are sort of sitting there going like, I live with my friends, like we got to train home, like got to see my family and stuff. Like mm. there was such a, a polarity of how severe it was for some and how not severe it was for others. Yeah, I think, you know, it was, it was quite interesting, like being in the position where it was like, you know, I, I got the short end of the stick on a number of, scenarios like with work and like living alone and like yeah there's obviously pros and cons to both of them but you know being in a position where you're faced with people who are like fuck it's easier to take my life yeah than to deal with this and then you've got the government saying that the lockdowns had no impact on people's mental health it's like bullshit mm. yeah it did big time Massively. like first hand i'll tell you it fucking did yeah and then second hand like literally walking and having to pull a knife out of my best friend's hands mm. and then having to pull someone off the road so they don't jump in front of a car. Mm. Like, I'm sorry, like that's a fucking impact on someone's mental health. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't want to acknowledge that. Mm. And they still don't. 
Yeah. What's the um? Uh, what's the word where obviously something massive like this happens, and then the top, like the head of Australian government, does like an inquiry about a royal commission. Royal commission. Do you reckon one of those will ever go down in regards to it all? Maybe, but do I think we'll get the outcome that yeah. a lot of people hope for? I doubt it. Yeah. Like, again, there's there's part of me that wants to go on a massive fucking tangent. <laughs> yeah, like, go left. Politics. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just like, yeah. I'm thinking this is getting very political. Yeah, no. <laughs> but go like, left. You know, like, there are, as much as I think, like, there should be, and I think there should be one globally. Yeah. And again, this is just my, my personal opinion. I don't think that, even if there was signs of, like, severe corruption or severe negligence or whatever it is, I don't think anything would actually change. Mm. Like I think our system as a whole is too far ingrained the way that it is for there to be any sort of meaningful change that would ever come from something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting to, yeah, to reflect on it all. And I'm sure we could sit here for five hours and... I feel Dude. like if we, if you were like, hey, like we have a, like if this was like a Joe Rogan solo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, we're going to sit down for four and a half hours. Yeah. We're going to get high. Yeah. We're going to drink some bourbon and drink a shitload of coffee. I'd be like, fuck, this will get, this will be wild. <laughs> yeah. We're going there. <laughs> I'll go get the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I'll get the weed. <laughs> it was, yeah, as far as like the, the Victorian experience of lockdowns, it was rough. There was, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could be a, a hell of a lot more honest and a lot more transparent about like how how rough and how tough it got, but I'm like, I feel like that's just like a, a really ugly conversation. Sure. Yeah, no, I think... Um, I think you covered it pretty well. Well, yeah, and also <laughs> it's it's um, informative to hear about, you know, what what it was like for you compared to, you know, what we had to experience as, as well. And yeah. Like just to sort of like kind of like touch on the point where you were like, at what point did like things get better? There is like, so when I was sort of talking about like framework, mm. there's like frame, and this is like, like something I talk to like clients about and something I talk to like friends that are like struggling. It's like what I call like the uh, continuum of choices. Mm. Like on one side of the, the scale, like we have like where we do want to be. And like on the other side, we have like where we don't want to be. And then we have this line running down the middle, which is time. That will always exist. And our choices will either oscillate us from one side to the other. So like, when I sit there, I'm like, fuck, like I'm struggling. It's like, cool. I'll make sure like I focus on like my basics, like nail my sleep, nail my nutrition, practice gratitude, journal, and do all the things that I know is supportive of like positive mental health. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was really easy to go, well, I'm feeling like shit. I'm just going to like lean into all the, the easy options. Like I'll just get Uber Eats and I'll mm. drink a lot and things that aren't supportive. Mm. So I think my biggest takeaway mm-hmm. from it was it made me like focus on like myself mm. and like like really try and dig deep and like be a better person. So that's when I started doing work with Jacob was like I need something to like What was your biggest change? In myself? Yeah. Um not so much like I won't say ego because I'm still in a bit of an ego, but like not a I wouldn't say it's like a negative thing. So my biggest change would have been just like uh, just not so disrespectful to like myself and to others. Um, yeah, probably that. I reckon. What, what about think? yours, Jacob? F- for him, yeah, definitely. There's a few other things. There's a I few can, other things, I but know we, um, for mm, for me, it would be um, 
Mm. That's a hard question, man. Yeah, because there's a lot. Biggest change for me in regards to coming out of lockdown. You mean? So as in like. Obviously, you mentioned that like you guys signed papers. Oh yeah. Oh okay. You talking like, about lockdown on ourselves? <laughs> no, as in like, in like in terms of like you're saying like you spent a lot of time working on yourself. Oh yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. and that was like one of your big takeaways from like all the lockdowns. Like, what yeah. were like what was your takeaway from it? Stress. <laughs> Put it plain and simple. Yeah. That's what it was. It was stress. Because um, ours was start of August, and from start of August till started working with him, which would have been what. Start of May. I feel like we've been working with each other for five years. Yeah. So (laughs) start of August to about start of April, May. So all of those months, it was just complete and utter stress. Mm. It was just like, you know, we've just sent multiple, multiple, multiple dollars of amounts to to this uh, business purchase. And like, you know, the what if questions were running rampant. What if this? What if that? What if, you know, this doesn't happen? What if... We have just signed our life away to this and we're in a fucking shithole. We've just, you know, um, like literally that. So I signed the paperwork in August, that December, my nan who passed away and I couldn't see her for a year and a half because of, because of the, the laws that they had. And she was in a nursing home, couldn't, couldn't see her. And then even through her death, couldn't see her. Um, and you know, sorry to hear that. No, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. She's, uh, she was, a. um, yeah, pretty much my mum and dad put together. Like my dad wasn't around and mum had to work. So she was pretty much my my rock. And then going through that on top of stress, on top of what ifs, on top of how am I even going to survive this, on top of, you know, we've got so many bills coming in. It's not just us anymore. It's 25 other staff members ringing us every day being like, hey, I can't survive here. I'm not doing too well. And then, you know, all of these other things, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of stress. But coming out of it, I learned a lot about myself as well. I learned a lot in regards to like what happens to my mind and body when I get pushed, not just a little bit, but like the most I've ever been pushed before in regards to like a stress response, like what happens to my body? Like what happens when I'm in that amount of stress? What's my response? What do I, do I cave into it? Do I um, go the opposite way and push through it? And it was definitely like ebbs and flows of going back and forth through it. Like how you were saying before that continuum, but um Yeah, I learned a lot about myself in regards to how I can deal um, being in a pressure cooker situation and how it has really helped me was coming out of um, coming out of that lockdown and starting up my business again, like starting up this, like I started with nothing and had to start it all again. And he was one of the first clients I took back on when, while I was starting it back up Mm. and over the past 18 months, it taught me what to do when you weren't having a lot of money come in. Like when you're pushed and there's no money coming in, you either run away from it or you keep pushing through this until you were able to, you know, get those finances happening again. So yeah, I learned a lot about myself. That's for sure. I think I'll add to it, to my one. <coughs> I think uh, what I can control and what I can't control is what I got out of that too. It's like to either just, I could either, yeah, complain about, all this going on or I could just try and mm. do something about it. And I think that was one of my biggest changes was, yeah, just c- to control myself and not worry about the other shit around me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of lessons, that's for sure. Yeah. And a lot, especially even like still reflecting on it. And um, yeah, when you stated before in regards to like, there's still after effects, like there's still pieces that like I a hundred percent, like, um, like I've said to tie in on the podcast before, like social anxiety. I, I've, I get social anxiety now. Never had that before. Mm. 
like stepping into big places full of people and all of a sudden I'm freaking out. Like I have a tip. Paint your nails. <laughs> yeah, it's not about my nails, bros. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's um yeah, some pieces that I've never had before all of a sudden have been taken away from going through that. So there's there's massive things that's, you know, massive after effects from from it. But um yeah, definitely learnt learnt a lot about, you know, my personality and who I am as a as a man as well. So that that could be a positive takeaway from it for for sure. I feel like there's, you know, the silver linings across the board if you want to look for them. Sure. Yeah. Like there are definitely silver linings that I look at and I go, fuck, like as as fucking tough as they were, there were some things I learned about myself that I'm pretty bloody happy that I now know. Mm. Like big thing for me is like in a moment of crisis, I know how to fucking step up. Exactly right, right? When you push to that moment, it's like you know how to rise up to that as well. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, like obviously like usually if people go through like a traumatic experience it's like they have like post-traumatic stress disorder i remember speaking to my psychologist after intervening in those suicide attempts for other people and he's like you seem like you've had like post-traumatic growth mm. he's like it's a fairly new concept that like people are exploring but he goes you know you go into this and you're like shit when like you know when things are looking pretty dire for some people he's like you can step up and like be fine yeah like, sure, like, I can look back and go, like, I really, like, empathize and I can feel for those people that get to a point where they're like, cool, well, the easier option here is just to go and throw myself in front of the car and just end yeah. it. Yeah, But being able to be in a position where you can go, you know what, like, I'll jump in the frying pan with you, but it doesn't feel hot to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that for me was probably one of the things where I was like, shit, like, I think that's a pretty cool thing to to figure out, which, you know, I hope most people are never put in positions where they have to find that out. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, it's, I guess, sort of similar to what, not obviously to that nth degree, but um, like people will say, like, how how can you take on so many people's pieces and challenges and everything like that and not take it home with you? Sort of the same thing in regards, like when you said, like, jumping into that frying pan, but it doesn't feel as hot to me. Mm. I guess it does come from you probably as well, like being in that coaching space and and being in the space of helping individuals and maybe have become accustomed to, um, you know, putting aside your pieces to focus on someone else in certain moments of your life, in areas of your life. It could be it could be that. Um, but well, I guess it's yeah. not like it's not your pain to take on, but like you do feel for them and stuff. Yeah. Mm. But you still like we still do take home their energy and stuff. Like you still do feel pretty emotional and pretty drained from the days that we do, but. The way, I, like, I just think it's just, you know, it's not like your pain you need to take, I guess. Like, mm. I remember, like, I spoke to my psych. Like, I mean, like, I was seeing my psych pretty much, like, almost weekly or fortnightly for, like, four years. And I remember, like, you know, it was for, like, a myriad of different things, like, uh, throughout the time. It wasn't, like, the one thing consistently. Mm-hmm. But I remember saying to him, like, you know, like, how do you get to the end of each day and, like, not go home and just go, fuck. He's like, mate, because there are some days when I do. But I mean, like, one of the visualization tools that he gave me was, like, if you start talking to someone and some heavy things are coming up, he's like, imagine, like, there's just, like, a white circle around you. Mm. And that white circle is immune to everything that they're saying and everything that they're feeling and everything that you think you might be feeling as a result of hearing what they're saying. Sure. So he's like, you know, that stuff might come in. It's just just a force field. Yeah. Hits that and it bounces off. Yeah. So, like, you can listen to someone and you can, you know, take it on board to an, to an extent because mm. like you don't absorb that energy. Yeah. You kind of, you allow them to speak what they need to speak in order to get it off their chest. 
But he's like, at the end of the day, man, he goes, you're also not a psychologist. Yeah. He goes, you know, like I was pretty fortunate. Like, you know, back when I was like working with a lot of people, I trained majority of the guys back then. Mm-hmm. I now train majority of women. But when I was like, I had a lot of guys that would come in, they're like, fuck man, like I'm, I'm having a real hard time. Like whether it's like work related, relationship or whatever it is. And they'd be struggling. I'd be like, look man, like I get it. I feel for you. But like, I'm not qualified to help you navigate this. Mm but I do know someone who can. Mm. And that was like really great having like him as a, as a referral network where I'd be like, cool, go see him. He's fantastic. He yeah. specializes in men's mental health. Yeah. But you know that obviously when you guys have y- your days and it's like taking that on, it's like, it does get hard and it does mm. get heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely some days that are oh, yeah. bigger than, bigger, bigger than, than some for sure. Yeah. I think it's uh, uh, the online coaching stuff. I think I'm very accustomed to that because I've been doing it for years now, but it's more the in-person stuff. When you're taking the in-person stuff home, that's the stuff that, yeah, can hit you like a ton of bricks that night, the next day, for sure. Had a bit of an emotional hangover. After the last one, one, man, holy fuck. Yeah. It just knocks you. Yeah. Like it just, but you just get to a point now where you expect it. You're like, all right, tomorrow, I'm just going to have to just take it how it comes. Not just expect what I have to do. Just if I need to have a day and, you know, chill out and on the lounge for a few hours and that's what I have to do. But yeah, you sort of get, you know, accustomed to knowing that that's going to be happening, but yeah, yeah. it's an emotional hangover for sure. Like mm. hit you like a ton of bricks for sure. All right. Well, before we get out of here, you started off with love. I want you to finish off with some love. Mm. When did you meet Acacia? So we, <laughs> we started talking in like July last year. Yeah. Nice. And nice. then I think we met for the, f- so we, yeah, like just we, through Instagram, is that how you? Yeah, and like to be honest, like it started. I mean, it started off more or less just like like it was a pretty cheeky start off, but you know, they well, always are. They, they always are. are. <laughs> but honestly, like, like even if like nothing had ever, like if we like never met, like she was just fucking great to talk to. Like we spoke every day. Yeah, nice. Um, and then she came down, I think it was like the end of August. So we went like seven or eight weeks of talking like every single day. And it might just be like a, how's your day today? Like, tell me about your day. Like, what'd you do? Mm. There were days when we would have like really in-depth conversations where we would like, you know, be like, like the question would be something like, oh, you know, like what is your deepest fear? Yeah. And we would go like down the rabbit hole and we'd just talk for hours. But like all throughout the day, it'd be like, what are you doing? Mm. Like, oh, just working, but like I'm, Borders all shit. Like, what are you doing? Working about borders all shit. So I figured I'd message you, and it was just like, yeah, it was just like really like lovely. Yep. Um, and then she came down to Melbourne. Like, we caught up, spent a bit of time together, and we're like, yeah, cool. Like, cool. Like, <laughs> you live in Newcastle, yeah. I live in Melbourne. Like, don't have huge expectations. Yep. And like two weeks later, I was up in Sydney for work. Um, and like she ended up like picking me up from the airport and like dropped me off to like where I was staying with my friends out in like Mount Druid of all places. Nice. Like just drove me around. And then on like the Saturday night, like we ended up like going out for like a feed and like, you know, ended up like staying to like with each other for the weekend. And I kind of got to the end of the week and I'm like, oh fuck, I'm in so much trouble here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was sitting there and I'm like, oh. This frying pan feels fucking hot. Yeah. <laughs> I like, this, this I like got, it. Yeah. It's like, it's not even hot, it's scalding. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I think we were both kind of at the point where we we're like, oh, fuck. Like, all right, we'll kind of figure it out. And then I think like after that, we went like 
it was like the first time like we'd gone a little bit of time without trying to talk. So I think we tried to do the whole like, maybe if I step back from this, then I'll be like, yeah, it was just like I was caught up in the moment. And I think we were both like, it was like 24 hours later. I was like, like we haven't spoken in like a day and like, I, I fucking miss you. <laughs> She's like, yeah, shit, like me too. And then it was kind of like, fuck, like we're in a real pickle here. Yeah. And then I think she came down. I mean, like, like that was September. And then like, I know she came down at the end of October and watched me compete. Mm-hmm. And then it was pretty much like she stayed with me for like five days. And then like a month later, I came up here and spent my birthday up here with her. Mm-hmm. And then like a month later, she came down for New Year's and spent like a couple of days with me. And then I flew back up for Australia Day. And then she came down like in February for a mate's wedding. And then like five weeks later, I moved up here. Yeah, I remember when she messaged me. She's like, Ben's moving up here. And she's yeah. just like on top of the world. Absolutely on top well, of the world. Because when we met, she was like, family is so important to me. And she's yeah. like, I can't move away from my family. And I like at the time I was like, I wouldn't ask you to. Mm. Like you, like, Like that was the one thing where she was like, there is a lot that I can deal with. Being away from my family is not one of them. Mm. So naturally, of course, I'm not going to be like, well, well, <laughs> tough. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm like the the connection that I have with her and the love that I feel for you. I'm like, I, I can't like worst case scenario. You know, like like we we've had pretty honest conversations. And we're like, you know, obviously, like in, all well and good. It's a forever thing. Yep. But if in the event that things don't work out, worst case scenario, I pack up my car. Mm pack up my trailer, I drive back to Melbourne. Mm. Like, not the end of the world. Yeah. Obviously. Well, not be for you, but it might be for us. But yeah, like, yeah. Moves up here and. Now you're here. Now I'm here and yeah. happy days. Yeah, it's right. def- yeah, definitely worth, 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 the, worth the risk. What are a couple of things that stand out with Acacia for you? She put me up to this. I, I was going to say, is this brownie points for Acacia? No, I just want to hear. I just want to feel her. So I'll, I'll one like thing it. that like, I quite often tell her is I'm like, I love how much she loves her family. Yeah. Like family is like, it's, it's funny. Like family is a really high value of mine, but I've always felt like my relationship with my family has been incredibly dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Um, like my folks separated like, six and a bit years ago yeah like just over six years ago yeah so it was like it was weird being like an adult child of divorce um yeah especially given the nature of how things sort of like went there um so like the way that she is with her family and the way that she speaks about the importance of family in her life and how she values it Mm -hmm. that is something that i admire a lot i really admire like how driven she is in life yep like i mean like we sit down and talk sometimes and i'll be like cool i'm like what do you have on your plate at the moment and she's like well i've got work and i've got these cert fours that i'm doing and i've got polaris and i've got this mm. and i've got that i'm like babe i'm like how the fuck do you have time in your day to fit all this in yeah and she's like <laughs> i don't know like even the other day we were joking and we're like talking about like how much stuff we just managed to fit into a day and i'm like yeah i'm like we literally fit like four days of stuff into a day yeah I'm like no wonder we're always fucking tired yeah mm. Um, and then I reckon the, the next part and I don't know what, like how pumped she will be. Like, I mean, she's pretty open about this, but like how much she's like really embraced, like accepting her feminine. Mm. 
um, like when we met, she's like, you know, like I sit in my masculine quite a lot, but she's like, I'm trying really hard to like embrace my feminine and like how open she has been to like stepping into that and like just taking it in full swing. Mm. Um, I guess that's a comeback to you though. Like, so she feels safe enough to well, just I, step into that as well. Like the, obviously there has to be that degree of balance. Like I would say that like I'm, I'm a pretty confident man in myself mm -hmm. and I feel like I can really step into my masculine and be like, you know what? Like I'm good here. Mm. Like I'm not intimidated by stepping into my masculine, but I'm also not intimidated by utilizing my feminine when I have to. Yeah. And I feel like, like, and obviously like I'm talking like traditional, like relationship dynamics here, but if a, a man can step into his masculine and be confident in that, it will allow his partner to yeah. step into her feminine. And 100%. likewise, if she can step into her feminine, he no, can step nice. into his masculine. Mm. Mm. And that the, the balance between that and being able to access the opposite when it's necessary. Like, I mean, there are obviously a lot of aspects about me that I feel like in, like epitomize the traditional masculine. Like I'm muscular. I go to the gym. I lift heavy weights. I have a big beard. You know, back when I had my head shaved, like I thought he was going to say something else. I just heard big and I was like, what is this going? <laughs> <laughs> but like at the other side of it, like I can like really step into my emotional and like I can be quite soft and emotional when I have to be and, quite nurturing and all that sort of stuff and obviously you know, okay she can step into her feminine really really well but she can also step into her masculine when she has to yeah oh yeah but being able to find the balance between between going when is it appropriate for each one to come out sure yeah um so yeah i would probably say like yeah family like her drive and then her openness and ability to step into her feminine and own the fuck out of it yeah yeah shout out to Keisha. she's gonna fucking love that right, one. she's gonna love this yeah she better. I've, <laughs> she maybe hopefully. She, I'd say to her. I did this on my own back, so I feel she should make me some caramel milk. Yeah, things. Yeah, caramel exactly. slice. Oh, oh god. She, she baked. So she's going to to Sydney for work tomorrow and Friday. Yep. So she does this like. I hear a few whiskey knots. <laughs> 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 um, so she baked like again. She likes to bake. She baked this like oat slice that she does it's got like seeds and like nuts and honey through it. it's fucking delicious mm -hmm. she baked protein balls and then she baked me more bread today because we were running out she's like oh i've just made you some more bread so when i'm in sydney you've got bread i'm oh. like fuck i love this one <laughs> <laughs> how good listen true love story <laughs> anyone out there Lauren, <laughs> that wants to cook me some food <laughs> oh yeah no well i mean you know what they say it's like uh, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach exactly exactly yeah. mm. most definitely that was my application <laughs> Apply. <laughs> Apply with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It was Thank really good. Um, where can people at home find you? Uh, easiest place is on Instagram. So just at Ben Max or at B-E-N-M-A-C-H. Nice. Easy. And uh, what's a little message for people at home that you have for them? A little bit of motivation or anything? When things get hard, keep pushing. Mm. Nice. Don't like stop. That. 100%. Yep. Agree. Lean the fuck into it. Fuck right. yeah, boy. All right, cool. Episode 30, baby. Just make sure you tell me. Yeah, we got to bleep. Yeah, edit that. <laughs> 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 no, I, I can leave it. Just bleep that. Well, like, really, actually, if you bleep the fuck out of yeah, it. Yeah, I'll bleep what he says and then people are like, what the fuck did he say? And then we'll just have the laughter. And then you can just use it as like an Instagram. And if you apply exactly. within, if you apply within, I'll tell you what it was. 
Or if you sign to you, my DMs. <laughs> or we no. save that and we hype it up and then we create. We do not drop it. <laughs> what's it called where they have that paid. Uh, like a Patreon? Patreon. We make a Patreon. And OnlyFans. No, I've already got one of those. Oh, we do. <laughs> not we. Not us, nice, but anyway. Um, $5 per week and then they can fucking find out what you said. It's the uncensored version. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uncensored The uncensored uh, podcast. <laughs> anyway, fucking hell. All, All right. right. All right. Thank See you for listening. Week. See you later. Boy. Bye.